Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda Yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. And um, we will begin. So in our previous class, I'm going to recap a couple of points. We're going to sit for a little bit, and then we're going to keep going in the direction of our previous classes. There's so much more to unpack. Okay, so the last class we we talked about like what's a dharana jatila got six extra points he named it the concentration method but we wanted to reiterate that it's a concentration method yep it's a focal point but it's really just a stepping stone right so here we go um so yeah a dharana is really a stepping stone yes it's a focal point but it's also a stepping stone we're using the focal point to merge with our heart with our true nature okay um we took time to sit with Paul Rep's translation because it's always so succinct. It's uh, it's perfect, um, and uh, and also as always, you know, it comes endorsed by Babaji and, and Faith. They they love Paul Rep's translation as I do as well. Um, his translation seemed to emphasize the practice of keeping our focus at the heart, as we notice the inhale coming down and the exhale coming out. Um, so it's almost like the heart becomes this fulcrum. And we sort of watch this inward and outward flow. Um, I thought we'd literally just sit with it for a moment. That's the beauty of these dharnas, right? They're just like target practice. You can just take a few shots at the target. And, and you know, you, it doesn't take a ton of preparation. So let me bring that up on the screen. And uh, let's see. Gita, would you mind just reading the dharana for us, just because it's fun to have it read out loud. We can all sit with it. Just the one, number one. Okay. Shiva replies, Devi, though already enlightened, has asked the foregoing questions so others through the universe might receive Shiva's instructions. Now follow Shiva's reply, giving the 112 ways. The first one is radiant one, this experience may dawn between two breaths. After breath comes in and down, and just before turning up and out, the benefice. All right, we'll sit with that for a minute. Notice this word dawn. Dawn is a word that comes up multiple times in in our work, specifically describing the transition from a focal point to an experience. It dawns on us. So let your awareness reside here at the point between these two breaths. After the breath comes in, down to the heart, and just before turning up and out from the heart. And the focal point that reps gives us here is one word. And he often does boil it down to one word, almost like a seed syllable for the dharana. 
the beneficence. The beneficence. It's so sweet to just sit with such an easy focal point of beneficence to just benefiting you. This practice does nothing but benefit you. You're welcome to continue that practice, keeping it simple, but you can keep the benefits rolling in by just watching where that breath turns right there at the heart, comes down and it turns and just before going out, letting that, that heart be the fulcrum of your work. As I continue to recap a little bit of our work. So we will always keep circling back to Reps's translations of these sutras. Um, but we also found, um, I know I found uh, beneficence and benefits from looking at Jayadeva Singh's translation, which is a little less abridged. And of course, Swami Lakshmanju's commentary. Um, the, these translations sort of open the door to some subtle details of the text that um, we might not have seen. Uh, for example, we talked about this concept of the Visarga. I don't know if you remember that word, Visarga. And that was the colon. I can actually switch slides here. The colon, if you see down at the bottom of the, uh, on the mantra, Om Namah Shabbat, it's the colon after Nama, for example. That's just one space you might see it. That impl implores us to add a little bit of breath. Om Namah Shabbat, or even you could say Om or uh, namaha, you know, often we'll say either way. But in both cases, it is implying this addition of breath. And that when we looked a little closer at this colon called the Visarga, um, these two dots actually represented two focal points of our breath. Um, it represented the end point of the exhale, which, you know, it's fun. You want to do it with me. Trace the angle of your nose, two fingertips, and then just walk at two, four, six, eight. 10, 12. So it's roughly in front of the heart, maybe six inches or so, eight inches. That's the Dwara Shanta. And then uh, the heart itself would be the um, sort of the end point of the inhale. And so those are just two ways of looking at these two focal points of our breath, this invisible end point of our exhale, and this sort of literal end point of our inhale in the heart. And so uh, we saw in the text over here that we'll read in just a second, that Shakti is herself um, uh, described or uh, has the nature of, it says, the Visarga, uh, which is to say that 
there is this pulsation of breath, inhaling and exhaling back and forth, a pulsation, a dance that defines uh, Shakti's uh, being, the way Shakti is, the way manifestation is. Uh, it's a pulsation. It's a dance. There's a movement. There's a flow, right? That's sort of a crux of the non-dual philosophy is that uh, there is Shiva and Shakti and that um, it's the flow, the dance between them that creates the world as we know it. Um, and this is how we sort of go beyond the pitfalls of dualism where you could say, oh, there's God and there's everything else but it's the dance. So um, as the dharana starts, Shakti or manifestation is itself described as this visarga, just sort of, it's an, you know, it's a helpful, interesting point, but that that visarga ends up becoming a, a focal point for the practice of this dharana. And we're going to talk more about that today. Um, so with that in mind, I thought we would read this again. Uh, down here, it starts to talk about the actual practice that we'll do, and then we'll sit with that for a few moments. Um, Anju, would you be in on reading this one for us? Sure thing. The Paradevi, or highest Shakti, who is the nature of Visarga, goes on ceaselessly, expressing herself upward through Devi, from the center of the body to Santa, for a distance of 12 fingers in the form of exhalation prana and downward ada from vadsanta to the center of the body in the form of inhalation jiva or apna by steady fixation of the mind varanat at the two places of their origin the center of the body in the case of the prana and devasanta in the case of apana there is the situation of plentitude Ariteshdati, i think which is the state of Parashakti or nature of Bhairav. Thanks, Anju. So this would be the unabridged dharana, so to speak, if that's what we want to call it, giving us these concepts, talking about the direction of the breath as we saw in Reps's translation. And then a little bit of a, you know, an addition or a, another way of describing this practice by steady fixation of the mind at the two places of their origin, um, there is a situation of plentitude, similar to how Reps described it. By steady fixation at the two places of their origin, there is the experience or situation it's described here as of plentitude, beneficence, perhaps. And last week, um, we sort of looked a little closer at this experience, because when we look in those parentheses, we see it tells us uh, fixing the mind, for example, at the origin, the center of the body in the case of prana. So if prana is the exhale, we would be having our attention at the heart while we're exhaling. And then it says, in the case of apana, we would be holding our focus at the dwarashanta, which is that invisible point out here. So the inhale, we would actually have our attention out here, feeling the breath coming to us. And then as we exhale, we'd have our attention in the heart, watching the breath go out. The whole point of these exercises is to practice, is to put it and to see what works for you. 
we do know that when Babaji teaches us about the exhale, he's always emphasizing keeping your attention in the heart. That's pretty regular. Um, the idea of having your focus out here at the sort of this external heart point while you inhale is a little new. You know, I don't know if I've heard it cued like that a lot, but as practitioners and because we're getting these practices from a trusted source, we can play with this. We can try things. We can experiment. You know, it's not just like we got this from Google. It's like, this is, you know, something we can trust. So let's take a couple minutes or a minute or two. Yeah. Say a couple minutes and allow yourself to explore. You know, this is all I do in preparation for these classes is read, explore, reflect, you know, feel the path of the inhale. For example, here, the origin point would be outside at that Dwara Shanta. You'd feel the inhale coming in from that point. And as you exhale, you have your attention at the heart and you sort of keep it there at that point, watching the breath go out so that every inhale your attention could be at this external point, watching the breath come into you. And every exhale, your attention could be at the heart, watching the breath from that vantage point. Welcome to continue with this practice, you know, at your own pace, keeping it flowing in the background of your awareness. And you allow the eyes to open. So both translations really offer us a lot. We're going to continue to unpack the uh, translation here that we're looking at and working with. Um, I just thought it would be good to note for if you, if I haven't said this before, you weren't in the particular class, 
that all these translations really do uh, sort of uh, are, are related. Um, for example, um, Swami Lakshmanju and Paul Reps were contemporaries. They literally worked together translating this text. Um, Jaideva Singh was a student of Swami Lakshmanju, uh, so obviously uh, related there. Um, Paul Reps, as you know, is a dear friend of Sri Shambhavananda, our living teacher, and uh, Babaji also speaks highly of Swami Lakshmanju having visited him in India. Um, and so it's really special to be able to sort of relax and open your heart and just try these translations that come to us from these trusted sources um, that we know align well with our practice. Um, so each one is best and each one really does offer us a unique vantage point. So with that said, we are sort of all caught up now. Um, I did want to just uh, leave uh, uh, some time. If there's any questions or comments about your experience over the last week, yes, Anandama, go for it. I just have a question. Is the Devada, I, I think I had heard one time the Devada and Shanta was above the crown. Have you heard that? Or it's just for sure. I'm just double checking that. Yeah, that sounds familiar, almost like possibly a word that could be really similar. I'd have to look into that. I know that from reading multiple sources for this concept, it was described as like in front of the heart or down in front of the nose, et cetera. But I think you're right. I think there is another term that is very, very, very similar. So I should look, it'd be good to know. Thanks for bringing that up. Homework for both of us. Anyone else, any comments or questions about your experience with this over the last week or just, you know, having caught up right now and just thinking about it again before we add to it? Yeah, sure. One sec. Let me just pop you on the screen here. Oh, it's not quite cold. <laughs> I'm short, so the camera has to be pointed down, I guess. Hi. And I'm up oh. there. It's going to be really cool. There you go. <laughs> That is pretty cool. Um, I hope I can put this into words. Um, I really enjoyed both translations, but the one that really like helped me have an experience of something new is the trans the Jai Deva Singh translation that's up. And what this specific practice helped me feel, um, it just really helped me expand my awareness because it's so natural as you inhale to like feel the inner space and to feel the heart. And so having that focal point outside of the self, um, it's not like it took away from feeling inside. It was like, that was like almost just gonna, for me gonna happen no matter what. And so having this external focal point almost allowed my awareness to be two places at once, um, but not in a diminished way. Uh, instead, I, I just really felt like it, it helped me feel more expansive um, and, and vice versa, but that one's more familiar because Babaji talks about that a lot when he's guiding meditation. Um, the other thing that was sort of fun and I was just playing with it right now for the first time. So it's sort of um, undeveloped, but having like I was saying, where you have the focal point that they're giving you, but then just the natural focal point, which is the opposite. 
it made it feel a lot more dynamic, like each breath instead of, um, it's almost like focusing on the wave-like nature of reality, as opposed to the particle-like nature. Like I just felt like there was more, um, I don't want to say complexity. It was kind of like an experience of Sponda, like being able to feel something like emanating infinitely outward and infinitely inward simultaneously, which always kind of boggled my mind when we were talking about Sponda like years ago. But I feel like this Dharana kind of helps give an experience of that. So that's what I wanted to share. Thanks. That was an awesome share. That was really helpful. Um, I'm looking at her, but it looks like I'm specifically looking away from you. And you look like you're looking away from me. Um, but yeah, what a, I mean, those are two uh, incredible focal points to reflect on. I also found it to be really skillful. It felt like the, like you said, there's already a tendency to go in with the inhale. So by having your attention start out here, it, it felt like it filled in that space. And then obviously, like you said, the exhale, keeping your attention within is very skillful. And we know that's skillful. So it felt like a skillful method, uh, one that really understood tendencies and anticipated them so as to make the overall experience more fruitful. So yeah, and I felt that too. It felt like a very like complete experience. Yeah. And then your second point about it being um, that the very idea of of fixing your attention at these two points uh, keeps it from crystallizing. Uh, it, impl- it implies a dance, a flow. It, 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 it sort of like almost like tells you instead of it's almost like t- giving you a better clue of what you're looking for. And instead of saying, watch this one thing and watch it move, it's almost like saying, watch this movement. So you're already looking for movement. You're not looking for a static thing. You're looking for movement. You're looking for two things. You're looking for two places at once. So you're like, you're noticing movement instead of trying to see something still moving. So again, another, it felt very skillful. So yeah, thank you. That was a really helpful share. That's the that's why we're studying this together. There's absolutely no way I don't personally that I could ever have sort of found, you know, all those ends um, just sitting alone up in the shrine. You know, you can find a few, but you can't find them all. So I'm going to um, drop your video off. Oops. Hi, Sachem. Oh, I'm going to drop the notes. Go for it. Yeah. Hi, Tashi. I have a question. So, yeah. Um, so I got a little confused about, uh, like, is it with the exhale, the attention goes to the, the Vata Shanta, and then inhale, it's in the heart, it's moving back and forth? Yeah, well, a court, and again, let's just look at the text and let's, you know, we're all, we're working mm-hmm. with this. Um, and also we should note, continually note that the reps version is a lot simpler. It has your attention right at the heart and you're just watching the inhale come to you and the exhale move and your focal points there. But for this version, it does seem to be teaching. It says, steady fixation of the mind at the two places of their origin. Okay, so the origin of the breath. So that means the the origin of the inhale is actually out here. 
it comes in from the Dwara Shanta to the heart, right? The origin of the exhale is actually in here. It's going from in here out. So to my understanding, and I'm totally okay with being wrong on this, but to my understanding, it appears that we're keeping our attention um, in at the heart while we exhale, which again sort of lines up with how Babaji teaches that all the time. Because that sort of holds your attention in here as you exhale, because there's such a tendency to go out. And then it appears that we're being taught to have our attention sort of come as to be out here on our inhale. And that's, you know, that's where I'm taking it. Uh, and, it and it did feel pretty, it felt consistent, and it didn't feel like vata, you know, necessarily. But yeah, that's, that's what I'm seeing. What do you think? Does that sound okay? Yeah, that sounds, I'm sort of getting it. I think the key word there for me was origin. Whenever yes. you said origin, that was really, that really helped it fall into place. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I did yeah. want to share that this experience I had with doing this uh, earlier, like just focusing on the Dvara Shanta, it was like, I had this cool experience of, uh, I just had this block in my throat that I've been working with kind of all day. And uh, by focusing out here, I felt like, I felt like it was easier for everything to just move down and it kind of dissolved. It was a really, it was nice because I had been sort of like trying to work with it and struggling with it a little bit. And to me, it felt like having that sort of outer, bigger uh, focus point. It's sort of just a little yeah. removed from that was helpful. I'm just sort of feeling that because, you know, you hear somebody talk about the broccoli, you want to taste the broccoli the next bite. So I'm just like, oh, I want to taste that. <laughs> yeah, it does sort of take the doership out of the breath a little bit. It allows it. You know how Babaji often tells us, like, oh, you have a block here, then breathe below it. Don't, like, focus on the block and breathe into it because we always make it worse. feels like it has a similar effect to that. It helps you zoom out a little and just get out of the way right it's like it's like einstein and the violin like i'll take more yeah go ahead like when he was stuck with the with the math equation whenever he was really struggling to like solve this equation he would just take a break and like you know he'd go for a walk and he'd play his violin uh and you'd go to sleep and, and in the middle of any of those things like during that point of not focusing on it, it would resolve and he would get it. It would come to him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's definitely one of my favorites for a reason. It feels like he also would be, it's the, the thing that we can relate to in that concept about Einstein, I think that would be possibly be missed if you weren't like an everyday practitioner is that when he walked away from his equation, he didn't like fill his mind with other stuff. He like kept his mind relaxed and like let it focus very on simple things, riding a bicycle, playing a violin, you know? It's like a lot of times in our culture, people be like, oh yeah, I just, I'm just gonna put in this podcast and like really like get it, you know? And it's like, mm, if you can stay really simple, sure, go ahead. But like he was probably doing things that were very like allowing his energy to keep moving, you know, it, it, it's really exciting. I just love that our practice is so inclusive that I can be like, oh, so and you can relate to these other individuals practices. Not that you're going to do their practice, but you can be like, oh, this is how he kept his energy moving. This is where 
how he connected to his heart, you know, just how he got out of the way. So, thanks, Tashi. That was fun. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> I see. Yeah, Andrew. Thanks so much for that, you guys. It's something that really came up for me, and that too is how, you know, culturally, like you were saying, Satyam, we tend to, you know, pull out like kind of almost that like flight response of like distraction. Mm. And it's not distraction, it's like putting it down, it's different. And I think that's a hard thing for us to convey or get you know, until we're sort of moving through that space. And, and it did remind me a little bit of even, you know, what we've been doing a lot more in yoga and stuff too, even something like backwards breathing, right? Like yeah. reconditioning yourself to experience something from a different vantage point. So it allows you to like really feel and sense things in a new way. And that's sort of what I got with working with this, you know, with Jardeva Singh in this is that you know, we've worked with our breaths for a long time, but this gives us a different perspective on it so that we can experience it in a new way and, and not distract ourselves, not willfully, because it's harder to do with something that we're not used to doing. Like the will sort of naturally dissipates. That's how it felt for me. Thanks, just breathing with that for a moment. Yeah, and just to clarify what Anju was referring to in our re, in our uh, resilience, our upper level yoga training, we have a, a section of the training where we we sort of explore uh, this concept. Uh, sort of we call it backwards breathing, and it has other reference points um, in other texts uh, that we bring in to to help us explore our breath in I, almost like the opposite way that we're used to in all of the standard postures. Uh, as a way of sort of reawakening your sensation in the posture, because you get so patterned with your movement and your breath, and then you suddenly, you reverse the pattern, and suddenly you re-experience everything very easily, um, and so yeah, that's what she was referring to there, but yeah, that's um, that's exactly what I was feeling too, and I believe Abaya last week was saying, oh, this is so similar to that experience, so it's nice to see it coming up in different from different vantage points. You just see it, oh, okay. It's definitely a part of the practice. Oh, and I wanted to mention, sometimes for recording purposes, I think um, we have to spotlight certain, like my video, but if we're ever in discussion mode, I, I really do implore you to click that top right button and go down to the gallery view. I, I'd hate for you to just be looking at me the whole time. It's really fun to see everybody. Um, that's just a little note. Um, sometimes I, I can't do that for you, but you always have the ability to do that when you want to. Any last questions or comments on this uh, on these notes before we add a little bit more to the to the uh, pot? All right, Bob. Yeah, I uh, I just happened to be looking down. We have this book, The Splendor oh, yes. of Recognition, which is of course the Pratibhijana. Um, that we're studying with Anandi, but uh, for your homework, if you want to look on page 331, Muktananda goes into the this whole 
um, upward and downward and the the word where is it dvd Shanta. yeah um he he's referring to him as the beginning and ending points so um, yeah you know what that quote might be coming up uh i was actually uh, in um preparation for this darn uh, i actually sort of forced myself not forced myself i didn't think I had time for it, but I did. I made time to read Muktananda's book called "I Am That." Yes, right. and it's all yeah, it's all about this first dharana. Um, and so I pulled a lot of quotes from that for this next section. So I think you just created a perfect segue for us to look. The very next quote is actually from uh, the book "I Am That," um, and the reason that we're going to open this door up is uh, because this concept of having these two different points um, can sometimes be confusing. Uh, Muktananda talks about them as uh, merging in our experience, eventually uh, dawning, uh, perhaps. Um, but uh, we definitely, in my experience, uh, have seen this, the moving parts, the moving practice that we've been talking about is a stepping stone to um, this merging. So let's take a look at Muktananda's quote. Um, and Bob, since you might even be familiar with it, this might not be the very one, but we have a few more coming up. Uh, you can read this one for us. All right. Um, from the text, I am that. The outgoing breath is called prana and the incoming breath is called apana. Apana is also called jiva, the individual soul. Because only when the apana enters the body can it be said that the soul is in the body. If the prana goes out and the apana does not come back in, then the body is nothing but a corpse. Ah, thank you, Bob. And I'm realizing this is sort of the setup quote for the one I was just referring to. But this one has some good information because to be perfectly honest, I was like apana and prana. It was, it was hard for me to keep them straight in my mind because they keep getting referred to. Um, and then this idea that apana is also called jiva, the individual soul, the inhalation. Because if that breath, if that breath goes out, that's one thing. But if it doesn't come back in, that's another thing. Um, and so that is, yeah, Bob, go for it. What's up? Yeah, I've I've always been struck by the fact that the first thing that happens when you're born, the the doctor smacks you and you inhale. And the last thing that happens when you leave your body is, ah, and then you're gone. Pretty simple. Thank you. And so this sets us up for another quote from Muktananda that helps us to uh, sort of, you know, sort of, where is this taking us? Where is this experience taking us? Um, Yogita, thanks for being here. It's good to see you. Do you want to read this next quote for us? Okay. Um, and as you watch the breath coming in and going out, you will become aware that when it comes in, it comes into a distance of 12 fingers and merges. The place where it merges is called Hydraya, the heart. The breath merges here, and then it rises again and goes out to a distance of 12 fingers and merges in the space outside. 
That outer space is called Deva Shanta, the external heart. Here, the heart does not mean the physical organ. The heart is the place where the breath merges inside and out. In reality, these two places are one. I'm having problems with this Dishanta. I was even looking it up on Google. I mean, is it 12 fingers from your nose? I mean, what is it? Um, but And yeah, thanks. Awesome. Let's, let's do that in one second. I just want to give this last paragraph just one extra moment. Here, the heart does not mean the physical organ. The heart is the place where the breath merges inside and out. These two points are one. And so the Dwara Shanta, we've been measuring it. Uh, 12 fingers. It's fun. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Roughly this point, which is actually like in front of our heart. This is the, what Muktananda refers to here as this uh, external heart. And then Hridaya. Um, would be, you know, what we refer to as our, in, our heart center here. And, um, and so our breath flow is constantly going between these two points, which was the nature of Shakti. Um, and so these two points are sort of the, represent this movement, this dance, which is where our concentration begins, right? Our focal point begins watching these, this, this dance, this, this, this play, this movement between these two points, which is what we've spent the first 20 minutes of class today, you know, we spent practicing and, and feeling. But Muktananda is sort of pointing us towards uh, uh, an experience that I'm sure is dawns on us, dawns in us, uh, this uh, feeling of these two points merging, perhaps experiencing the pulsation of the breath, uh, this spanda, this pulsation of the breath, would be an experience of, of feeling both points, yet actually having your awareness somehow not moving, having your awareness be this expansive space and feeling the movement occurring within you. Just one interpretation. But I think what's important is that Muktananda is pointing us towards the next level, perhaps, of this practice. So, Yogita, did that help a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> Were you here with us when we practiced earlier? Yeah, the... yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I had trouble getting on tonight. <laughs> oh, no problem. Yeah, no problem. I just, we had a lot. It, we spent some time with this. But I just want to make sure you were here for that because it's true. Mm -hmm. Why read about it when you can just do it and get the understanding? You know, Gita, go for it. I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a little confused. Um, when we're talking about the breath going out, out and coming in, this kind of this, uh, it it's like the like the heart has, is a nose itself, and am I correct in feeling that the the movement is not really in through the nose, but it's coming from uh, the space of the heart and back in and back out. There's kind of a wave that's more horizontal than in, than in through the nose and then back out through the nose. Am I making sense? I know I'm really confused, so help me. <laughs> okay. 
And just to reiterate, because I know uh, there has been some trouble logging in tonight. So if you weren't here for the first 15 minutes or 20 minutes, I want to just keep reiterating just little points along the way, which was that remember Paul Rep's translation had us keeping our awareness in the heart. The breath came to the heart and he said, watch as the breath sort of turns after it goes down, which is coming to the heart and before it goes up. Can I turn up my mic one second? Is my mic quiet for anyone else? I apologize. Yeah. Oh, did it get quiet recently or has it always been quiet? It got quiet recently. Okay. Yeah. So we'll change some batteries. In, in the meantime, Colin, could you hand me that mic? Thanks. Here you go, Bunny. And this will do for now. It's okay. All right. So we can always come back to that practice. Rep specifically said after the breath comes down and before it comes up and out. So keeping the focal point at the heart. And then we were, you know, opening the door to the unabridged version of the dharana, as represented by, you know, Jayadeva Singh's translation, but also referred to by Muktananda in his text, I am that. So it's not like random. Um, and what we see is that there can be some benefit to having your attention out here at this external heart that Muktananda refers to in his text external heart as you inhale feeling this origin point so you're go ahead and just inhale and and feel the breath coming in from the outside so you have your attention here at this point and you feel it come in from that point and then as you exhale this is a very common cue we get from babaji keep your attention in the center of the chest as you exhale that's the origin of the exhale and so each time you inhale your sort of you have your attention out here, but you're feeling it pull, coming in from the outside. And each time you exhale, you keep your attention in the heart and try to keep it there as you exhale. And what a few people were, were talking about earlier was that it felt as though this practice even though it seems to be saying oh bring your attention outside it, even though it seemed to be saying that it actually helps them feel more uh, skillfully their whole breath flow um, so both are correct both methods just keeping your attention to the heart is correct of course but this other rendition of the dharana seems to provide also a, a fullness you know in its experience but where does that lead us? Does it lead us to moving back and forth with our breath? Not necessarily. That is like a stepping stone. Remember, all these are focal points. They're stepping stones towards merging. So as Muktananda seems to be teaching, it's my understanding, is that when you're able to watch this movement of the breath long enough, these two points really do merge in one singular experience of the breath as a pulsation. Now that's going to have to take time that dawns in us, you know, that, that word actually come, it will come up a couple more times in our work with this one sutra. Did that help a little? Go ahead and unmute. Okay. I see a nod. 
All right. Perfect. Thank you. Oh, a lot. wow. Perfect. A lot, a lot. Okay. okay, great. I see a hand. Anandama, go for it. So when we're, our tension's out here, and then there's the pause between the inhale and the exhale, do you just shift your attention to the exhale? Or, or is it following the breath like as it goes in and out? Or is it just, seems to me it's just a shift of the attention. I agree. It feels almost just like a, sh I, I like for me, and I will reiterate, uh, Rep said in his introduction, um, even like simple exploration of these dharanas takes a lot of practice. So the understanding will come to the individual who's willing to sort of play in their practice a little. So why take why take my word for it? I say I say play with it, but always you know stay grounded, but feel. But for me, I do feel this general almost a pulsing shift of awareness, an inward flow and an outward kind of flow. It doesn't feel like uh, like a vantage point. Like I'm at this point, I'm looking out there, and then oh, I'm over there, and I'm looking back here. That sounds a little bossa to me. It's more just like in and out. Um, and and I don't like try to jump around with it. I just try to feel like the general influx and then the general sort of outflux. It just feels like a very much like they're all happening within me. In the Jaideva Singh commentary on the sutra, he has a very specific, I'm not going to go into it, into this part very deeply, but he has a really specific terminology where he says, uh, I don't know the words that well because they're they're sort of like physics kind of words. Let me see here. Dharna two. Okay. In living beings, the outward or centrifugal moment movement is represented by exhalation. The inward or centripetal movement is represented by inhalation. So centrifugal and centripetal. To me, those are not like A to B or B to A. Those are like whole body experiences of movement. You know, they're really like the whole thing coming in and then the whole thing. So that was interesting. You know, that was something I took from his, from that little part of the commentary. Did you have a, go ahead and speak up if you had something else. Uh, I, well, I was just thinking it's, I think if I, soften my idea that my body is a barrier or a solid thing mm -hmm. that it i can feel into that flow a differently then i'm like well i have to breathe in because this 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 body or this armor but if it's mm. if that makes sense ah that's huge yeah, and that to me would be success. Like that, if the if the dharana brought you to that experience, it's like success. That's it's really nice. Well, I'm glad we're grappling. Yeah, I see another hand. Tashi, grapple with us. Hi. Okay. So, um, my question is kind of. It's from the previous slide where it talks about apana okay. and prana. Sure. Um, and I'm just a little curious about that. Uh, and, and I'm wondering about, um, you know, I learned 
in my 200 hour training, learn a little bit about prana and how it's, it's like the, the energy of breath or like the life force uh, that we breathe. Mm. And I'm sort of wondering how that, how this relates to that. Um, and I just, I found it kind of interesting and um, that, that we're breathing in soul and we're breathing out. Is it, is it also soul? Is it just life? And I, I don't know if I really need to figure that out, but it's interesting and I want to know. Yeah, you, you brought up a silent query that I myself had when reading this. I was like, wait, prana is the main thing. Prana is the thing. Why would that be? Yeah, I, I had that same feeling. Um, in that same resilience yoga training that, uh, that I was referring to earlier that came up in conversation, um, we uh, look at a quote um, from like an ancient text that's actually all about um, Nadi Shodana. It's like this this longer text. The, the actual name of it escapes me at this very moment, but nonetheless, it's like a Shiva Shakti dialogue about Nadi Shodana and alternate nostril breathing and talking about the breath. And in that text, um, it talks about the exhalation. It says the exhalation creates and the inhalation dissolves. And that was sort of the source of, of us talking about, oh, backwards breathing and this other way of looking at breath that can break us out of our patterns and reawaken sensation. Similar here, the exhale creates. It's an interesting point to sit with. If you ponder it for a moment, you do realize that a lot of your actions externally will occur on the exhale. You. I'm speaking with my exhale right now. You sing with your exhale. You know, these are maybe mundane things, but they are things we sort of overlook about how we do create our reality with that exhale, which would give it a little bit more of that prowess that we want to talk about with prana. But I think it's something worth exploring. I think, I, I think it's homework in a way to, to talk, to look into. Great. Just pause. I feel like I wanted to look around. Can, do you want to follow up? No, no, that's all. Thank you. Cool. I feel like there might have been other questions. I see an Eldo on a mute and then Bob. Hand. Hey, I was just going to say um, to Tashi's question. Um, in Ayurveda, prana has five functions or five types. Um, so you might like look at those. And if you have access to our old Ayurvedic manual, they're in there, but you can also find them on probably was not Vlad's website or Banyan Botanical. So um, yeah, just something that might help it make more sense. Thank you. Yeah, I've, I've always had a little bit uh, of curiosity more about like what, what is prana. So thanks, I'll look into that. Yeah, there's also sometimes prana like is talked about like with a lowercase p and like an uppercase p like so there's also kind of that that can happen with prana. And it's also said, I don't know from um, it's also sometimes said that like the goddess, especially Kali, she, her element is air. So they say that she is prana. So sometimes like that's like the capital P prana. So lots of interesting things with prana out there. It's true. Wow, the exhale's the goddess. That's cool. Thanks, Swami.
just a few minutes left. We do want to end with a little bit of meditation, of course, but I that conversation happened spontaneously there. So there was no, that would be like stopping a river uh, from flowing. So that was wonderful. Um, but any, any final questions or comments before you meditate? I was just going to say exactly what Swami said, that uh, the, we tend to think of prana as one thing. If you get into the books, you see it's five things and uh, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. All right. So we'll finish our discussion with blah, blah, blah. All right. <laughs> So let's take five minutes and um, just see where a lot of this lands. And it's always good to just completely dissolve, you know, the thinking aspect because it's all in there. It's like you were there for it. You know, it's there. Uh, and now it's sort of like what wants to um, be known, what needs to be known for you to grow. So, of course, take a moment to adjust your seat if needed. Um, I'm assuming the microphone's okay at this point. Thank you. And start by just scanning the physical body. This is obviously the container that allows us to have this experience. And for the sake of simplicity, just allowing your attention to, to sink down to the center of the chest. And notice this, these two different forces that are obviously one overall sensation, overall force of our breath, but there's these two different experiences that are occurring in you. I mean, feel the quality of, of how the inhale and exhale, feel their different qualities. I feel like for me, after our conversation, I can really notice this different energetic quality and Jai Davis Singh's words really come to mind, even though I don't know the subtleties of these words, but that there's a centrifugal and a centripetal, like there's a almost a, a completely different quality of of movement occurring. And you can keep your attention right there in the heart as Paul Reps translates and just notice the turn of the breath after the breath comes in and down and just before the breath goes out and up the beneficence.
allow your awareness to expand, to zoom out a little bit uh, and feel these two qualities, these two experiences really coexisting. That they're both your nature. Shiva and Shakti merging in the experience of breath. The beneficence and allow the eyes to slowly open and just try to feel the beneficial qualities of this experience and my favorite part is this word of beneficence is just to notice how any awareness placed in this direction benefits us. And it's not like later, it benefits us in the very moment we do it. So not as much time to meditate as usual tonight, but I really appreciate everyone being a part of this. Um, Yeah, so namaste. Thank you so very much. Deeply appreciate you being here. I did want to just announce just real quick, um, because we have this moment together. If you've ever been interested in bringing more of these qualities to your, your time on the mat, your yoga practice, um, our level one training, which is uh, if you haven't trained with us in the last couple of years, you, it's all new. It's new all through. The idea is uh, we're really bringing a lot of this depth to our work on the mat as you saw in class today when that came up uh, it starts this saturday and it's a free class for anybody who wants to just say like can i do this do i am I interested so you can literally come to our whole first day workshop uh for free live online so just email us if you're interested otherwise um watch facebook because i'm not sure what we're going to do next week uh, it seems like we still haven't gotten through darna one and i'm really excited about it there's a little bit more to go so we might do one more class in Darna 1 together and then have our creative writing class the next week. So I'll announce them on Facebook soon. Thanks for two extra minutes of your life. 